Welcome to the Armada Podcast with your hosts, Fox Omega. France is the size of Texas, so I always keep that in mind when I think about going across countries in Europe. It's like, yeah, it's so it's like, it'd be like driving from here. And armchair Jedi. It's what we in Canada call Thursday. Typical nutrition. Standard nutrition. In, in October, when Thanksgiving actually happens, um, I'm a I'm And now, the Armada Podcast. All right. We're back after one month hiatus. You guys thought we were done, but turns out um, you can't get rid of us. We were just too full of um, m- meats and sides and gravy. Not armchair, though. Armchair. No. Or, what are you no. talking about? What do you stuff yourself with during Thanksgiving week, during American Thanksgiving week? Um, like normal food, mm, because it's okay. it's what we it's what we in Canada call Thursday. <laughs> Typical nutrition, standard nutrition. It is, it is, yeah, yeah. In in October, when Thanksgiving actually happens, um, I'm I'm a ham man. What? So we're way off topic. What we were going to here we about, go, but what, here we go. What? Uh, <laughs> What is a standard uh, Canadian Thanksgiving like? What do you what kind of what are the standard like dishes or meals or, or like you know what I mean? Like what do you serve? Well, I think it's pretty similar to to what you guys do uh, in in the states. Honestly, I think yeah, I mean the 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 cultural tidal wave that is the United States into Canada is is you know is definitely present. But like we do, you know, there's tur- people do turkey and, and cranberry and um, stuffing. Maybe not so much cranberry yet. That's more of a Christmas thing. Um, a stuffing and like, you know, potatoes and, and veg and stuff. It's more about like just getting together with people really. Um, yeah. but like we've, like I myself have never like hosted a Thanksgiving. I've always done, gone to parents. So it's whatever they feel like feeding me. Um, my, my, my mother-in-law knows that I like ham. So she'll, she'll slip the ham in there for me. Um, it's every, kind of, yeah. every other uh, holiday. Um, and then she does, she sometimes does wacky stuff. Like she made this pineapple casserole with like this crunchy cheesy Ooh. topping thing and i'm like what on earth is this is this one of those marshmallow <laughs> dishes and then it was amaze balls so that sounds crazy it's like I, it's I like pineapple to, pizza uh, kind of yeah like the way pizza should be <laughs> but i've i've learned to stop worrying and and trust the casserole trust the casserole hashtag trust yeah. the casserole hashtag trust the casserole yeah well what about, um, what, what about you you guys you guys have your normal like like chili and beans and so and, uh, smoked this sausage is like... and <laughs> standard American American uh, Thanksgiving yeah. stuff. No, it's we do big we do cheese. cranberry sauce. Cranberry is kind of like we do have a big bowl of cheese. That's absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. Um, cranberry kind of runs like there's like a season. Like it's like the week before Thanksgiving all the way until like midway through January. I feel like mm-hmm. is acceptable time to eat like cranberry sauce or cranberry themed things. Um, we did this year, we, uh, we didn't go anywhere. We did Thanksgiving here and we asked all of our kids like what, um, what, like what one thing they want at Thanksgiving. And so we spatchcocked a turkey. Um, you did, you did what now? Spatchcock. You ever heard that? I, I no. you're, you're going to have to go into minute <laughs> detail about how one spatchcocks a turkey. I absolutely will. So you, um, you prep the turkey as normal, but then you cut down the the sternum and mm-hmm. spread the the rib cage, and then push down on it until like the oh, okay. spinal the 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 
like snaps and then it kind of spreads out. Lays flat, uh, right? Yeah, and it lays flat out like that, and it gets oh, a really okay. nice. Like it gets all the meat at the right like height in whatever unit you're cooking it in, so it cooks evenly. Right. The skin gets real crispy. It's kind of nice. It's real nice. You can't okay. stuff and, it, obviously. But no. And was was that a, a, an innovation by Mr. Spatchcock? Uh, William Spatchcock. That's correct. William, not Richard. Not Richard. <laughs> it was not Richard Spatchcock. Okay. <laughs> no, Bill Bill Spatchcock. Yeah, his brother Richard um, yeah. married into the Heimlich family. So <laughs> don't, don't want to choke on that one. <laughs> Anyways, today our primary topic, uh, that's actually Armada related oh, is, okay. um, we're, yeah, we're actually here to talk about Armada. We're four Food and a half innuendo. minutes in. <laughs> primary four and a half minutes today. in of Spatchcock, uh, innuendo. And, uh, now we're finally at Armada and today we're talking about defensive retrofits. So this is something that I've personally wanted to do for a while, and that's go through um, an individual upgrade slot and kind of do a deep dive on what each of the cards do, what are the proper selections for whatever you're bringing, um, yada, yada, yada. So uh, today we're doing defensive retrofits because they're super important no matter what meta you're in. They're, uh, you could do really cool stuff, um, which whatever ones you, you put on your ships. And it's honestly... There, there are parts of defensive retrofits that are really controversial, and there are parts that are kind of like just the accepted norm, um, which we'll probably cover a little bit later. But um, the first thing we have to do is um, read them, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Our so GFM. we can, uh, you, if you want to alternate, we, we, can, uh, we can go back and forth on these. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, let's do it, man. So, sure. if you want to take the first one, I will take the first one, and I and I do want to uh, acknowledge and thank the the good work of the people over at Cannot Get Your Ship Out, um, which has been my Armada Bible since day one, and will remain so because I can't remember how half these things work or what they're there for. So, uh, thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate the work you've you put into this and all the love you put into it and the puns. I'm a punny guy, and I love it. So. Uh, advanced projectors. Uh, this isn't something you see very often. It's it's kind of a neat effect. It lets you basically redirect everywhere instead of just adjacent to where you are getting hit, which can be super helpful, especially if you got a um, a ship with some some chonky sides or a chonky front. Do you want me to read the actual uh, the actual text? Yeah, go ahead and read the actual okay. text. Yeah, <clears throat> I quote from the book of defensives: uh, advanced projectors. When you resolve the redirect token effect, you can choose more than one hull zone to suffer damage, which may include a non-adjacent hull zone. Very nice. It's six points. Pretty simple effect. Seems to be really useful. Yeah. Um, next up, cluster bombs. After a squadron performs an attack against you, even if you are destroyed, you may discard this card to roll four blue dice that squadron suffers one damage for each hit or crit icon rolled um, worth five points. Super cool card. Um, only goes off once, which is kind of lame for five points, but uh, that damage cannot be scattered or braced. It just goes straight through to, this, to the squadron, which is pretty awesome. 
Yeah, when, when it when it rolls well, it can it can do it some can serious work. I'm looking at oh, you, Anakin. Ooh. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, next up is early warning system. This is at the start of each ship phase. You may choose one of your hull zones and mark it with a chaff token. Until the end of the round, while a ship or squadron is attacking that hull zone, the attack is obstructed. After the status phase, remove that chaff token. That's seven points. And and the trick I always find with that one is actually remembering to put my chaff token out. Yeah, I, f- I feel like no one really removes it and then puts it back on. Like, I feel like it just kind of stays on... Yeah. Whatever holds, or like people will forget and just leave it on one whole zone, you know? Exactly. So my problem was putting it on it in the first place. I went through a, <laughs> I went through a VWC a couple of years ago and I, I was into the Swiss and I was still like, oh, it's round four. Maybe I should use my EWS and oh, it's dead now. Okay, fine. <laughs> so I, I honestly don't know how I did that. I got oh, on the pods without, yeah, nah, it's stupid. Anyway. It's pretty expensive to, to not seven, use. Seven but points honestly, to forget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's one of the often, like most often forgotten ones, honestly, if someone has it. Like, it's just one of those that you just forget. Yeah. Um, all right. Electronic countermeasures. While defending, you may exhaust this card to spend one defense token that your opponent targeted with an accuracy result, also for seven points. And this is the this is the big mamma of this category. Everyone kind of says you need to take ECM. Um, accuracies and their effect on your ships are just so huge so being able to still spin that critical brace it's a really big deal um so yeah. it's a really good one and this this one takes a um a repair token to refresh in the refresh phase in the, yes uh, mm-hmm. yeah in the refresh phase uh next we have reactive gunnery which is the f- second of the sort of offensive defensive retrofits while defending you may exhaust this card and spend a readied defense token to resolve the salvo defense effect instead of that token's effect. You cannot resolve the salvo defense effect more than once per attack. And that's four points. Uh, there's no re- refresh cost on that. It just exhausts and then pops back up at the end of the turn. Really good card in some builds. Yeah, yeah. The, the trick is you, need, you do need that readied token for it to go mm-hmm. off if, if everything is hot or if, if boarding troopers have just gone off you're uh, you're out of luck it's rough next one redundant shields uh it's a modification at the start of each status phase you may recover one shield and it's eight points goodness gracious um yeah. not much to say about that <laughs> it, it's 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 my winner for the the card i wish was not the way it was was better yeah <laughs> was was better because yeah uh last on the list is reinforced blast doors at the start of the ship phase you may discard this card to discard up to three of your face down damage cards for five points so super handy the the, the timing window you got to remember to to use it at the start of the ship phase so before anything activates and it's only face down cards but um kind of gives your ships three extra hull and, and who doesn't love that right Monty? yeah right Monty. there is a special bonus um uh stretch goal defensive retrofit armchair and that would there be thermal is. shields um exclusive to only the clone wars factions but and it's Aren't medium or large ship only but while defending, after the attacker gathers dice, you may spend one brace token. If you do, 
choose and remove half of the dice in the attack pool rounded down. Um, excellent card. Oh, only five points. Excellent card. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, really, really good. It makes, it makes the Clone Wars factions unique in how they, how they mitigate damage. So it does. And it does give you some soft counters to, to stuff like Intel officer and, um, accuracies. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you've um, separated these into like four different kind of conceptual categories. And so mm-hmm. I'd like to kind of cover those um, like so to, to help everybody kind of group them in their mind about what the, what these defensive retrofits do. If you wanted to go through those real quick. Sure, sure. So, I mean, this is just my my sort of take on trying to put things into, into boxes. But um, we have like a damage reduction category. These are things that actively try to reduce damage coming in. Uh, EWS is there, obviously. It makes you obstructed. Therefore, you're taking one less dice coming in. Um, if you get that nasty, nasty crit, that means you're taking, uh, which prevents you from attacking an obstructed target, you get no dice coming in. That ship cannot fire at you at all. Uh, it's very useful saving against um, squadrons, etc. cetera. Uh, ECM and... Um, is a damage reduction in the sense that it lets you use a token that you wouldn't normally be able to. So you can mitigate incoming damage by using your defense tokens unfettered by accuracy rolls. And then uh, thermal shields, obviously. You remove half the dice pool at the outset. Less dice coming in is more better. Next up, we kind of have this healing subcategory, and that's where your redundant shields, which automatically gives you back a free for eight points, a free shield and your uh, reinforced blast doors, which heal up your face down uh, or discard your face down hull cards, uh, hull damage. You've got a, a mitigation category, which is basically just advanced projectors. It makes your existing tokens better. And then you have your offensive defensive cards, which are your active gunnery for, for free or for extra salvoing or salvoing when you wouldn't necessarily be able to. And your cluster bombs for a one-time only uh, squadron smackdown. <laughs> a one-time only squadron smackdown. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think these definitions are really useful because they they allow you to kind of look at these and think about it, it allows you to understand how you can apply them and in what ways they need to be applied. So for instance, healing, the healing category, right? The only mm-hmm. reason why you would take redundant shields or reinforced blast doors is if a ship would feasibly survive into the next round, right? Yeah. Like you're not trying to get it to survive. It already will survive into the next round. And that's important to understand. Um, that's why a good example of like where you would apply reinforced blast doors is like on an agate potato, um, an assault frigate, where it is really, really difficult with a gate as the commander on that thing to take that thing down in one round. So reinforced blast doors is a super popular upgrade on it because sure, it will take some damage, but it will survive to the next round and and remove whatever damage it took on it. Or, and then honestly, on top of that, probably repair additional shields or hull or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, redundant shields um, are pretty much never useful. Yeah. I'm going to say that, but I'm sure there's probably some wacky build out there that someone has invented to like make really it worth it. Is. 
I don't know. I mean, but... it's just like the 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 theme of it is just I don't know it tickles my theme bone <laughs> if that's a thing. Theme bone. Um, my theme bone. It's you know like like bring the shield. You know, the the MC eighties in the in the old West End game fluff had these extra redundant shield generators that were supposed to kick in during battle and and save the ship and stuff. But it's just it's too expensive. It's it's a modification, so no other modifications, no QBTs or um, spinals or things like that. And it's one ship. It's 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 shields to maximum, but worse. Right. And and everybody takes shields to maximum. Everybody does. Everybody. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then, like, as far as when in general do you take a defensive retrofit? I mean, armchair. What what opinions do you have on this? Like, is is there a general rule or is it kind of a vibe? Do you vibe it out? Well, I mean, so here here's the thing gentle listeners. Um, I think we're going to get into some interesting discussion now because I come at things from a, you know, I've been playing the game for a while now, but not at a very high level. So my thinking on death threats is probably going to differ from, from yours. But when, when I look at a ship, my first thought is, you know, what, what do I not want to have die? And that's usually, you know, like a flagship or something that I'm going to, you know, shove down the enemy fleet's throat and and start flinging dice out of um but that's not always that's not always the, the way to go about it and i guess we'll get to that a little bit later um you know i, I look at a, a ship like a like a cr90 for example um has a defensive retrofit slot but would i ever put a a def ready on there probably not um because it i think it has better tools for for keeping itself alive um but when it's when it's something that's like a centerpiece or a linchpin or something that, you know, you need to, to stick around an extra turn or two, that's when I look at putting a, a defensive retrofit on there if possible. Cause a, a lot of times it's, you know, you're limited as to what hulls you can actually put these things on. Yeah. I think the best way to think about this is a defensive, like think about the game this way where there is literally a number of exchange of shots not like take the damage out of it but there are only so many shots you can take right um like if you're flying one large and then like you know like if you're flying the 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 fox hawk you get um at most 12 shots out of that star hawk you know what i mean and a defensive retrofit is intended to waste as many of your opponent's shots as possible. Um, if you if you've ever flown an onager and you've played against someone who had a munificent with thermals and Wat Tambor, you understand what we're talking about. Where that thermal shot not only well the, the shot that's going to get thermal not only wastes that shot, but Watt is going to pretend like it never happened at all. So I mean that's an upgrade that works in conjunction with the defensive retrofit. But in general, that's what we're talking about where the your your ship will be able to absorb more instances of shots than it typically would be able to. Um, we ca- we talked about this a little bit on the on the MSU episode with Diedrich last year, mm-hmm. with Jason Diedrich last year. But it's it really comes down to a numbers game. So like ECM allows you to survive one to two more shots than you typically would. Um, same with in my example of the Agate Assault Frigate, reinforced blast doors. You absorbed all of those shots the previous round. Now you'll be able to absorb even more going into the next round and then ideally 
get your way out of there. Um, so, and even the offensive defensive retrofits, like you, like you mm-hmm. named them work in this way where, um, like the, there is now you're adding a shot on your side to essentially waste a shot of theirs to have like a return salvo effect or like with cluster bombs, like, you know, Ketsu comes in and does a bombing run. You can effectively remove her from the board if you roll well enough. And now you're taking away shots from them. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so, a very deterrent kind of um, aspect. Although I know, I, I mean, it's with cluster bombs. I almost feel like that's a, a calculus on your on your opponent's side where they go, okay, maybe I'm going to lose Ketsu, but she's going to do the last point of damage on this ship anyway. Right. And there's that, a little bit a of trade up that I can, here. yeah, mm-hmm. that I can that I can accept. Um, and often that's worth it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the reactive gunnery, especially, um, and especially in in builds that are are geared towards salvo, that's that's something you look at and go, okay, do I really want to shoot that and take? you know, a, a red, blue and a, and a black back and maybe they got DBYs, so that's guaranteed two damage. You know, it, 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 it factors in to, to your own target selection um, very, you know, pretty heavily. Right. Um, I did. I liked what you were saying too about, so like, like when, when, when I answered that question, I was like, oh, you know, I think about the, the role of the ship and the, and kind of what I need it to. And you kind of put it on almost another level there where it's like, okay, well, how many shots is this ship expected to take how much damage is it expected to how much in the context of my fleet and my strategy you know what number can i put on that and then how do i you know do i need it to last that extra shot or that extra turn um yeah i I hadn't really thought about it in 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 that term in the terms of like i'm going to put it out there to absorb damage how how long does it have to last how long does that that architens or that isd need to soak damage it's it's the reason why the commanders like Grievous or Luminara can be really powerful in the right setups because what those commanders really do, well, they, they, they sacrifice some aspect of the fleet to allow another ship to take more shots, right? If I can use the brace on my Providence over and over and over again, are you really going to want to shoot it? Like how many shots is it going to take? You know, um, I think a really good example of a fleet that's I'm seeing do fairly well. In fact, um, it, uh, Clement just won, I believe his name is Clement. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Just won the, the, one of the world qualifiers or what oh, I think a store championship over in Europe with a fleet that was, it's a double large CIS fleet and it's a Providence with thermals um, and a recusant. And I'm almost certain he deploys the recusant outside the Providence. And it's like, you know, do you, you got, you want to get to that recusant. That Providence is going to be really difficult to shoot and, and hit effectively because it's got thermals and you can, he can repair and yada, yada, yada. And I think he's, I think he's flying Grievous. Um, but like, do you even shoot at the Providence? And if he's deploying the recusant outside the Providence, like, it's too dangerous not to shoot the pro like, so that that's what's happening here is by adding a defensive retrofit, hopefully you're creating this calculus where the shot, the, the number of shots that the, that your opponent can allocate, it, it gets complicated and there's wasted shots or the big money shot doesn't hit the way it's supposed to like, you know, with EC, that's why ECM is so powerful. Like if you've got a lot of, if you're in a meta with a lot of big activations running around like ISDs or SSDs or onagers or whatever, 
ECM is killer because like they've got this big payload they want to get off and you're going to be able to brace no matter what. So they'll be able to survive that shot and possibly the next shot and so on and so forth. So that's where my mind goes. Um, like when I was flying a lot of Dooku and I had that thermals munificent, like you, the, the goal is to balance that, that defensive retrofit to where like, okay, if, if you are going to start engaging this thing, you're going to realize really quick that you're wasting shots. And if you're not going to engage it, I'm going to punish you with it. I'm going to deploy in such a way where if you decide not to shoot it, you got to go through it. And that's going to be really bad for you. So that that's, that's kind of the nuance there. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's, so Armchair did this really cool thing where he grabbed every single ship that can take a defensive retrofit, uh, which I've never seen it laid out this way before, but it's really cool to see all of them together. But I, I think it'd be neat to go through like each size class and kind of talk about like in what scenarios different types of defensive retrofits would be um, like, like acceptable or like something you'd want to start adding in. You know. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. Like I didn't. I I remembered the um the Armado wiki on on fandom had this had this chart where it like some some beautiful nerd like myself had had written out all the dice pools and the and the upgrade slots and everything and and they only had the the Civil War factions unfortunately, but I, I put in the rest. So I kind of broke them down um by size and by faction. So starting with the Rebel Smalls. We got the CR90 both sides and the uh, the MC30 both kinds. So CR90 for me is a, a tough one because I, it's it's small, it's fragile to begin with. Um, do I do I then invest you know five plus extra points in this already cheap fragile hull for extra upgrades? Um, especially when it has a, a title like Jaina's, which lets you coast through obstacles and around obstacles without really caring about the obstacles. Um, so this is some, like a CR90 is some place where I don't know that I would, I'd need a, um, a specific use case or a specific, you know, a very compelling reason to put something on, on that. And I think the only time I've really seen refits on, on the CR90 is if it's like a, a lifeboat. Uh, like a Radis flagship, for example, where it's like, I need this to live oh, right. for a certain amount of time and then, you know, maybe run away. Yeah. So there's, so again, thinking about like exchanging of shots, like it depends on which commander you're flying. So a lot of, like if you're flying a Kraken CR 90s, for example, like you're already getting a lot of defensive capability from your commander. And if you're flying these CR 90s, the way you probably should be like at long and kind of dancing in that range. Um, you're not taking a lot of heavy shots. Uh, and so like reinforced blast or something like reinforced blast doors where you get like a couple hole points or um, EWS early warning systems where mm -hmm. your opponent's going to have multiple ways to shoot you. Also you're flying Kraken. So like you're already obstructed. Um, there's just like, there's, there's not that like one more shot to survive for that CR 90, if that makes sense. Like, like I described earlier. Yeah. So like, you don't really get that. Um, like MC thirties are different mm -hmm. um, because like often the, the way that they operate is they want to get in and they want to hit hard and they want to leave. And sometimes they have to take a shot to do that. 
what's neat about the MC30 is like they've got awesome titles that kind of almost act like defensive retrofits. Um, Jordan, uh, who we've had on the podcast before, he made the Agate MC30 really popular, um, which is another defensive retrofit. And in fact, it's one of the only uh, chassis, I believe, that Advanced Projectors works really, really well on, um, where you've got two... Uh, you've got two redirects and two other defense or, or damage reducing tokens in your suite. So like advanced projectors does a lot for you, you know, if you're not yeah. taking, um, what is it? Foresight. Uh, uh, that yeah. Does that yeah. For you? So like it, the CR 90, it, it depends on the commander. Like Patrick was messing around with cluster bomb CR nineties, but he was flying Leia. And then like yeah. you said, with Radis. Like that's not a defensive commander. So that, that CR 90 needs to live that one extra shot if it needs to. So now you're getting into that zone where, okay, I need to survive that one more shot or two more shots to get off what I need to get off. If you've got Kraken, if you've got Riken, it's kind of like, why? Like you're, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know if you'd ever put agate on, on a CR 90. <laughs> you you, you probably, you probably you could. <laughs> I'm going to go on a limb. Again, not not top level level player here, but I'm I'm probably not going to be. Not, it's not bad advice, but it it certainly is advice. It certainly is um, advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. M- MC30. Yeah, you definitely see stuff like um, um, advanced projectors on there, especially in conjunction. Like you could make the little the little jalapeno just so um, so tanky, it, it, ridiculously tanky, even though it's only got four hull trying to chew through shields and evades with stuff like uh foresight on it and maybe expert shield techs on it and maybe you know something else it's just an agate it's just brutally tough uh, unless you can somehow knock it down and then ram it to death uh, so mc30 is, an, is a neat case of a small that really can do well with the extra points of a death in it mm-hmm. yeah and then so for Imperials, the one small that they have that can take a defensive retrofit is the Architons, and mm-hmm. both both versions can take it. Um, is there a defensive retrofit you would feel good about putting on an Architons? Uh, I mean, you could you can have arguments for EWS or advanced projectors because um, typically, not always, but typically your first Architons has got Nita staple to them, so that you've got two redirects and two evades. Let me know if that sounds familiar. And then with the the arcs on it, you know, that that far side, you typically, you're, you're kind of like circling the bowl with the architons and, and broadsiding. So your other side, the two shields on the other side may not get used. So an advanced projector lets you eat up those shields before you eat up the shields facing. And the, the EWS blocks some incoming damage um, that might be coming into the, the, the shield, uh, the, the hull facing that is, you know, towards the battle. So, uh, arguments for both of those. Um, the rest, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you, yeah. I mean, you could you could put a reactive gunnery on there if you really wanted to. I guess. Oh but, yeah, you but, could. But, eh. <laughs> um, I think there's. It's hard because, yeah. like, if you're flying a fleet that is dependent on your Architons, like th- th- that's my deal is like, mm-hmm. it's, it shouldn't be absorbing shots. It should yeah. be, um, you know, being like a little annoying stinger on the outside 
if it's absorbing a lot of shots and needs to survive one more shot or two more shots, um, that means that they're your primary damage dealers, which means you're flying some type of MSU style fleet. And at that point, yeah, like maybe there's some type of investment that needs to be made in keeping these things alive. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I don't know. Nita is usually enough. You you kind of nailed it on the head. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. The five hole does a lot. Um, yes, that's for sure. So, yeah, I don't know. And it, it the other, the other thing that kind of factors in too, like, like your CR ninety. The, the the example we have with CR ninety is I need this to get into you know the the danger zone, like Rothratus, for example, mm-hmm. um, or maybe Maverick, and then survive for something to happen or the, the mc30 is i'm, I'm going to do a you know a, a drive-by shooting on, with you and it needs to get right in your face and and survive that so those are situations where okay yeah no it makes total sense but when do you have a situation where your architons like there's no there's no radis equivalent on the imperial side there's no situation where i need to drive this architons fairly close and then survive and there's no right. situation where you know, I need to drive it like right into your face and survive. Also the somehow, I don't know. And I don't know if it's just me and the way I kind of process things, but I look at the cost of a, of an MC 30 versus the cost of an Architons. And, and I'm sure this is a, a false, like a, a false assumption or a false instinct, but it feels like it, it's okay to spend more points on the more expensive MC 30 than on the cheaper Architons because it's already cheaper. Yeah, there is an element of like percent of points, like, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're talking about like, what is it, 54 points for the light cruiser, like an Architons light cruiser. Yeah. And it's like the the cheapest MC30 is 64, 63, something like that. Like, that's a 10 point difference, which doesn't seem like a lot, but we're talking about ships that are less than 70 points, like 10 points is a lot. So if you're going to put a defensive retrofit that's like seven points on there. That's more than ten percent of the entire thing's worth. Like you're, you, it's yeah. dangerous. What are you it becomes for that? exactly people would be people would be willing to take that extra shot that that defensive retrofit is trying to get that thing to survive through. Like yeah, so yeah, it's it's difficult. It's not. I we don't. The Amada podcast does not recommend putting a lot of defensive no. retrofits on smalls. Just hands okay. down, these are really yeah. like niche examples. So, yeah the 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 next sort of um, niche example, I suppose, um, for the Republic, you've got the consular class. Only the armed cruiser has got a, a death threat. The the C seventy does not, um, and even though even though it does have that that death threat, again, it's just so cheap. It's thirty seven points, and and show me a commander or or, or an effect or something where you need that armed cruiser to to get in someplace and survive an extra turn i mean maybe you could make an argument for for a mercy mission where you just want that thing to to live through a little bit of danger before it scoots off and, and scores the touchdown but um i have a hard time thinking of i mean i even even seeing in all the lists that i've seen um thinking of an example of of a consular with a death threat yeah, it's not it's not common. And again, yeah, you're like it's thirty seven points. You said like thirty seven points. I mean, now, like I said, that percentage thing is it gets wild. Like a a seven, like if you put electronic countermeasures on that thing, 
like it's you know a full what is that almost 20 percent of the ship's yeah. worth almost like yeah. even, that's crazy. even thermals i mean there's an argument to be said about like cluster bombs maybe like if it's mercy mm-hmm. mission and you're flying squadless like and you want to deter squads from like because you're going to deploy that thing like you know away yeah. from everything or reinforce blast doors if it's a lifeboat like again maybe but again like really niche you know, like just yeah. i would not do it i wouldn't do it yeah i mean reinforced blast doors is just too reactive you know like you you got to punch me and then if i'm still around sure i'm gonna heal some stuff right but if if i'm hanging on by a thread chances are you're just gonna punch me again and that's gonna be it yeah unless you're out of shots or, or whatever mm-hmm. so yeah sorry republic people <laughs> And then the uh, uh, Pelta Transport. Pelta Transport, yeah. Is it a similar spot, I feel like? I don't know. I think I, I saw a list the other day. Um, I think it was, gosh, I can't remember whose list it was now. Um, but it had this Pelta and it had um, it had like reactive gunnery and it had, it was like just a super tanky. Let me see if I can find it really quick here. Well, they're already pretty tanky. Um, we we talked about like smalls with this like, Mm-hmm. This token suite, you know what I mean? Like, so yes. I mean, it's, it's it's got some really good defense tokens with it, you know. So, so this is it was Nick Larson's Anakin list from uh, the game Game Castle Sacramento Store Championship, and I mean, th- this really leans into the tankiness, um, and it, it involves a bunch of the sort of non-defensive retrofit defensive retrofits that we'll kind of get into a bit later. But it's a Pelta transport. It's got Adigalia, it's got ECM, and it's got TB73 for an extra um, an extra evade. Mm. So there, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot. And so putting an extra seven points, it's only a 45-point hull. And putting an extra seven points on it, plus all the other stuff and projection experts and everything else, you know, you're really loading that thing up. But my goodness, is it going to take a pounding? Right. Yeah, that's the thing is like it's already going to like the way the ship is already designed, it's already going to take at least two shots. It is very, mm-hmm. very difficult. There are very few attack pools that can one shot these Dura Smalls, these five hole uh, brace, yeah. redirect and evade uh, ships. And so if you're going to put a defensive retrofit on it, you're really trying to make it you want to harass people because that means it's mm-hmm. going to take three or more shots to take this annoying 50 some odd point ship down. And that's your, that, that's part of your fleet strategy. Like I could see yeah. it, yeah. you know, it's just, well, it, it has to be your whole plan. And, and, and remember the context too, this is an, a, a new Anakin. Yeah. Fleet, right. This thing is going to yeah. go in there and be one of the spotters and kind of like your, your munificent example. I, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing as to Nick's um, intent and strategy here, but I, I imagine you're going to put it in there and say, okay, shoot at me. Yeah, do uh, it. And in the meantime, I'm going to be generating rerolls for the, the rest of my fleet. Absolutely. No, I think you're 100% right. And he's got extra tokens to because he's got that that spare evade. So he can be yep. like the Anakin fodder if he needs to, to mm-hmm. if you're not going to shoot it, you know. It's it's a good idea. It's a, it's a, it's in that situation. But again, yeah. you got to have a plan around it. You can't just throw exactly. defensive retrofits on a small, you know. No. So, yeah, that's a good example. Yeah. And the the last one is uh, is your favorite and mine, the hard sell battle refit. Oh boy. 
Yeah, when would you put a defensive retrofit on a hard sell? <laughs> um, it's another Dura small, so it's it's the same category as the Pelta, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, so, it doesn't have quite the same you know shield layout as the Pelta, but you know it it's, and I don't know, like I'm 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 flying capital K Kraken right now, so I want that thing to to stick around and do some damage. But if it does die, I'm not terribly worried about it because I've got you know a few other ones. Um, yeah, I, again, it's like, there's, I can't think of a, of a reason or a strategy unless, unless maybe you're doing like, uh, I don't know, it's like a, like a TF MSU, a thing where I'm going to yeah. put them on a hard sell and then, you know, kind of try to, you know, put uh foreman's labor on there, put a, a def red on there and, and keep, keep my lifeboat alive. Um, I don't know. Yeah. As a spotter, the, again, it's, like, it's the faction's only only small, so it's it's right. Like you, you can like you've got a couple instances where you need spotters in the CIS faction, so like maybe, but also like it's gonna die. Like hard cells mm. are, are a little bit more expensive on the on the more expensive side of these of these um these smalls that we're talking about. Yeah. Um. And so like they are gonna get shot at because if you put it's a what is it fifty two points. If you put, you know, one defensive retrofit, like now, if you don't have any other upgrades, you're getting real close to that 60 point threshold of, I'm just going to kill that hard sell and leave and take my seven. So it's hard. I've experimented with cluster bombs and and like squadless, um, squadless Kraken. And that was awesome. Super effective at like, you know, against Sloan fleets or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, um, and, and plus, hard cells have the flak to support it. You know, like they can, yeah. they, they, they take the shot and then if they live, they can shoot again. And it, it's devastating to a lot of squads. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, so um, kind of get your ship out, points out two two things that we haven't mentioned. One, advanced projectors, uh, six points, but, but now you can use those shields on your back. Mm. You've only got one shield on each of your sides. And unless you have, um, Actually, no, you can't have ox shield teams on this one. So, um, yeah, so you've only got the two side, or one shield on each side. So, advanced projectors lets you eat up those shields in the back before you take <laughs> damage somewhere else, right? Interesting. Yeah. And then, and then you have like the same thing you said with the, um, the assault frigate is RBDs, reinforced blast doors, because we know that hard cells are tougher than they look when, they, when you first look at them. Um, you know, they can survive a shot just out of the box and then if you can you know get to the next turn heal up the couple damage cards that you took you know you're going to need another strong punch to to take that down mm-hmm. and so it can it can extend the durability of the hard cell and also make that person use up a shot again on it that it might have wanted to use somewhere else so but again like you said it's it's you're, you're, even those are five and six points on a on a 50 point 52 point chassis yeah yeah, yeah so. the small it's it's hard it's a hard argument on the smalls. Mm-hmm. All right, well let's uh, let's do all the mediums together here because we're we are sure. running a little bit long, but let's let's talk about all of these all at once. So, the assault frigate Mark II, the Acclimator II, and the Munificent Star frigate, which honestly they kind of all have the same vibes, um, mm-hmm. like as far as de- defensively. Um, w- w- when are the 
when were, when are you applying defensive retrofits to these guys? Because they can take a, f- a couple more hits than their small brethren, um, but sometimes they're not the central unit of your fleet, you know? Yeah, and and that's it. Again, you know, like if it's going to be a flagship, um, I'm definitely thinking about that. If it, Like in the case of the AF2, something like um, early warning systems might be a good idea because you're going to be, again, flying around the outside, broadsiding. You want to protect that broadside a bit, um, especially if you're on the edge of the battle. It, you know, squadrons can't maybe reach all the way to the other um, your other arcs. So having that that chaff token in that one special arc really can go a long way. Um, acclimator, I mean, the, the uses I've seen for the acclimator want to get in close. It doesn't have a whole lot of, uh, I mean, three reds out the front on the on the on the acclimators, but you know, it wants to get in really close to to really maximize its dice. And for something like that, you need some sort of um, damage mitigation. It's only got one of each uh, one of each of its tokens. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think these ones like it's not like yes you must take it on like an AF2 uh, I think there might be a stronger argument for taking it on an acclimator because of its role and it doesn't stay at range it, it needs to get in a little bit closer um, I think you had a good example with the Munificent too yeah I think mediums are this category where you're you're gonna need one of the damage reduction ones you're mm-hmm. going to need either ECM, EWS, or thermals, um, because they each, all three of them, uh, have uh, non-redundant tokens. So, yeah. you know, if you really need that brace, you're going to need to take ECM. Um, or for the acclimator and the munificent, you know, you're going to need to take thermals. Um, for the acclimator and the munificent, they have opportunities within their own faction to refresh those braces which is a more important consideration for thermals. Also, EWS is interesting on all three of them because they all have some type of very wide arc. Um, acclimators out the front um, and assault frigates and munificence, their side arcs are very wide. So it's an, I've never seen it, but it's a really interesting yeah. concept. Um, I mean, you're munificent, you're, 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 you're aiming to double arc though. So that, that makes it a little trickier with the, the other two, For sure. that front arc or, you know, that, that one prime arc, I guess is, is where the, where the action's going to be at. Right. I've seen a gate assault frigates get really aggressive, but that's because oh. it's a negate assault frigate. And so yeah. at that point you don't really need one of these damage reduction ones. No, that, um, that ship can literally do anything. So, but again, like, so the, the reason why we're, we're now breaching into the specifically just the damage reduction upgrades is now you're investing a, a significant amount of points in mm-hmm. these ships. And so you, you need to try to keep these things alive for those few extra ships or a few extra shots. Um, yeah. Armchair. Depends you, projector you post, is hmm, sorry. I was just going to say you, we, we did a grab bag where you had an acclimator that was essentially like naked with like ECM on it or something like that. Yeah. Something like and that, yeah, yeah. That's so smart. It's such a, like, why, like, it's one of those things, like, why shoot it? Because you're going to have to waste three, maybe four shots into that thing. Mm-hmm. And how many points are you getting? Like, it's just not, yeah. it's not worth it. And it's a good distraction. Especially if there's like an implacable nearby that can take it. Uh, it, right. it wasn't, I, I remember that, that one came out of a, cause I'm not a Republic player, but I went to like uh, mature and, and, and really in large package and, mm-hmm. um, 
they they it came out of the out of that out of that brain trust the idea of of you know a fairly scaled down clam with ecm at being you know tankier than than you you'd think about when you when you just kind of look at it right um the, the only other thing is like um advanced projectors on the af2 you know again you know in the same way yeah. that that ews reduces damage coming in advanced projectors gives you those three shields on the far side um assuming you get your redirect yeah but but if you're getting shot at range maybe i'm taking your evade first anyway you know so argument there it's a little bit cheaper but not much so i don't know yeah, I don't know. With like in in the competitive field, like it's it's hard mm -hmm. with like they are big enough targets that if there's nothing else your opponent wants to shoot at, if you aren't securing extra shots into these mediums, um, they're easy low hanging fruit, is what I've seen. Like it, your your munificent start. Well, why are you taking a star frigate if you're not using the defensive retrofit first off? Right. But if you've got a munificent that um doesn't have a defensive retrofit i'm going for it like it's it's too easy to get those points um same with the acclimator same with an assault frigate unless it's got a gate on it it's just it's one of those things where i, yeah. I had this happen in, my, in the game that i played um it was a luminara fleet is last tournament i went to luminara fleet even acclimator even had thermals on it and i still like it was the lowest hanging fruit in the in the whole shebang so i was like well i, I need to go for that thing so i'm going to go for it so it's you need to have a really good reason not to take one of these damage reduction upgrades on any of these three. Uh, again, they're like mm -hmm. a gate is one of those things where she is a damage reduction uh, commander, so you can go into one of the healing ones. So there are other considerations to be sure, but yeah. And then when we move into the larges here now, um, it's, I mean, you need to have really specific reasons not to take damage reduction once. And we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. Um, but yeah, if you want to go through all the larges that have yeah. these slots. So, so on the rebel side, you got the, uh, the MC 75s and then the, the home one style MC 80, uh, and the MC 80 assault cruiser actually has two of them, which can lead to some interesting combos slash point wasting. Uh, <laughs> On the on the Imperial side, you've got the Kuat, Simon, and ISD two uh, Star Destroyers. You got the Venator two Star Destroyer. Oh, actually, does the Venator? I think the list I was looking at. Might it has not it in Empire two. The Empire has it as well. Yeah, yeah. Because uh -huh. I think the list I was looking at wasn't totally current. Yeah, yeah. So the the the, the Venator two for the Empire and for the um, Republic, and then for the Separatists, it's the the Providence Carrier. And again, with the Mincebull you can wind up with two of them and Ooh. which makes for some interesting jank. <laughs> so um, looking at, I mean, immediately the, one of the first upgrades you're going to put in almost all of these is that are non, like all of the um, civil war factions are going to be yep. ECM. Like yep. it's, you need to have a really, really good reason, really, really good reason to do something else. Um, like even if you're trying to do, if you're trying to add like a salvo to one of these civil war uh, faction ships, like there are other ways to do it. Um, you can use a gate and add a salvo. <laughs> you can um, local fire control as a weapons team if if your ship has that. Like there there are other ways to do it. 
It, yeah. it, you've, you've invested too many points in this like centerpiece of your fleet. It's important that it stays alive for as many shots as possible, which means going straight to a damage reduction upgrade. It's that's just the reality of it. Yeah, especially with with how much accuracy generation you can right. get out there. Yeah, and and the thing that each of these ships have that you know we weren't talking about with the because you know CR ninety it's got got double um, evades, the MC thirty has got double evades, double redirects. These only have one brace, and and when you're at this you know, at this size and point cost, that brace is important for keeping this thing alive. Yes. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, the, the, the dice pools that you're generally getting, getting thrown at you, unless you're getting MSU to death, um, which is another thing entirely, but you can't, you can't walk into like a, a, com- a competitive spot thinking, okay, I'm going to get MSU to death today. You know, the, <laughs> the, 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 usually the best all around choice is ECM just because it, it's always, applicable unless your opponent throws zero accuracies all game mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah i mean the argument for like a a reactive gunnery i could i could make an argument for you there for like the the mc75 as a radis drop because i'm gonna be safe until i pop out of hyperspace in your face and then you're gonna want to shoot me and i can just sell you back with one of my contains and um you know yeah but again like but, you're securing making sure that you survive through that shot you know what i mean yeah yeah so um so you know but yeah other than that and, and the other ones are those those two the, the the providence uh carrier with invincible and the the mc80 assault that let you take two of them now you can start looking at okay well maybe i can do um you know ecm and advanced projectors or maybe i can do um you know ews and reactive gunnery or thermals oh, and reactive sure. gunnery or things like that right because now you've got a little more flexibility but you're also really starting to add up you know you're starting to get a christmas tree now you're really starting to add up the costs on them right but you're not, now you're really giving them a reason not to shoot you you know what i mean yes. like a yeah. like a grievous providence carrier uh with like thermals and reactive gunnery is just um it's awful it's mm-hmm. an awful thing to go up against and um on the MC80A, like you're right, like you, so you take one damage reduction one, and then like the double defensive retrofit. It's one of those things where you just got to have a good reason to do the other mm-hmm. thing. Like advanced projectors is a good is a good slot in that because mm-hmm. you've got a lot of shields. You're probably only presenting one side, so yeah. being able to deplete the shields on the opposite side of your ship is is not it's not a yeah. bad thing. Like yeah, so. I've seen that before and that's worked pretty well, but you have to secure that initial damage reduction upgrade. Um, Like think about a Providence carrier with two, (laughs) like it's invincible, but it's got two defensive retrofits with no damage reduction upgrade. Like ECM, EWS and thermals isn't on there. That thing's dead anyways. Like, um, (laughs) you know what I mean? So. But I'm going to cluster bomb you after I go down. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, There is something to be said on the Imperial side about combining Mahdi with yes. reinforced blast doors, that is a, an exception because of this concept that I'm talking about of additional shots. If you've ever tried to take down a 17-hole ISD, I don't recommend it. Right. Um, it's a lot of shots. It's basically as much effort as you're going to be putting into an SSD, and it's faster and, <laughs> you know, yeah. like... It's just, but those are examples of situations where like you're so exaggerating 
one aspect of the defense that like it it um, achieves what the damage reduction upgrades in the defensive retrofit slot are trying to do, and that yeah. is make you survive for an additional shot. You know. Yeah, it's it's almost like a like a reactive gunnery in the sense that it, it makes you look at that ship and go, "Do I want to throw dice at this thing?" Oof, yeah, like like <laughs> it's not that I'm going to be getting hit back for as much as I'm I'm throwing out there. It's just like, what is what is the point of me trying to beat this yeah, thing what down? Am <laughs> what am I what am I even thinking here? What am I doing here? You yeah. know, and they, and maybe they got an interdictor in the backfield too, and it's just like, ah. <laughs> oh man, with advanced projectors and or no. Yeah. Uh, uh, Projection experts. experts. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, yeah. So that well, that that's a quick run through the our takes anyway, and I, and I, I'm really curious to hear what comes out of the um the the hot take uh, channel, the podcast discussion channel on the Discord about yeah. what what people think and and what we what we may have gotten wrong and horribly wrong or or maybe just missed entirely, um, or how you guys think about defensive retrofits. Yeah, you know, like you know, obviously I've, I'm putting out a weird way to think about it. Um, you know, yeah. and... but I, I mean, I like that because it's, it's something that I hadn't really, like, again, like I, I thought about it in terms of, of role and where it's going to be on the battlefield, but that it's kind of like, yes. And what's, you got to think about that, that sort of, I don't know. It's almost like, like a, like a slightly higher level of thinking about it. Of like how many shots is it going to take? How many shots do you need it to take before yeah. it dies for the rest of your plan to come to fruition? And that's right. Yeah. That's yes. kind of what I was saying with like, you know, it's like, like, me middling level player and then the higher level players you know i, I know you guys operate on a different <laughs> an extra level kind of thing so it's it's, we're not it's good built, to have this we're knowledge not different <laughs> raining um, down on me sometimes it, it makes me think of like you know you think of louis andre who made oh like, god something like ews really popular and yeah. if you watch him fly if, if you had watched him fly it's because like he's using the most out of this concept of getting that extra like he's trying to get his payload off um, and he's got, he's usually had, had, uh, when he was doing this, it was usually JJ. And so he's able to dodge arcs and he's got, he's got two redirects. And so he's using those to kind of move the damage around and, and like, so it's like, there are other ways to go about doing this and innovate this kind of stuff. But this, these, mm-hmm. is, these are like general concepts to kind of, to, to go about putting defensive retrofits on your ships. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, these, these, these are the the sort of middle of the bell curve ways of, of, of right. thinking and, and, and doing it. The, the, the next kind of quick little section is the, the, the thin edge of the bell curve on either side, honestly, <laughs> of how you can, how you can kind of use or abuse these uh, defense, defense retrofit. It's just a couple of quick little kind of jank ideas, really. Um, and we kind of talked about a few of them, you know, the double up combos you can get with, with the HCM 80 or, or with Tua on, some of these other ships or the invincible Pravi. Um, you know, we, we saw it, I think a lot more in, with old Anakin where it's just like, I'm going to, I'm just going to get as much salvo as I possibly can and, you know, melt you in your own turn. Um, thankfully those days are behind us. Yep. But, <laughs> but being able to say, you know, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to take that, um, that obstruction from EWS and also going to reactive gunnery you, um, I don't know. Are there, are there any, are there any really spicy double up combos that you can think of? Um, EWS and cluster bombs. If you're in a really squad heavy, um, Mm -hmm. like why, why, why even shoot that thing with a squad, you know? Um, does EWS and thermal on the Pravi ever come up? 
Uh, I'm so gonna, I'm going to take away half your dice and then take away another dice. <laughs> That's actually huge. Like if you've never, if you've ever done thermals and then it's obstructed, like, oh my gosh, like the feeling the wind just come out of your opponent's sails when that happens, like, mwah. <laughs> um, it's, it's a really good combo, but it might be putting too many points into just damage reduction. Like I feel like you could probably lean into reinforced blast doors or reactive mm. gunnery, those types of things. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but thermal EWS is, if you're just looking for that thing to just survive anything, uh, go for it. So, um, let's see double. I mean, I can't think of many other double up combos. I can think of ones where you combine a a defensive retrofit with like another upgrade, like an officer or a title that it gets even like, what is it? Redundant shields and the, Mon Calamari and oh, yeah. uh, like you can do uh, and then you like can do shields to maximum kind of and yeah, yeah. And it's like just like shields yeah. are just automatically appearing out of nowhere and yeah yeah like there are weird things like that but yeah um, there's also like the um, you don't see it very often but the the CR Rambo um, oh, you know, yeah. with me with, with Raiken or with Kraken where I'm just gonna take this this cheapo CR I'm gonna put um rbds on it and i'm just gonna use it as a battering ram and at the start of my turn i'm gonna flip that rbd and i'm gonna take those damage cards away and i'm gonna do it some more um and you're welcome to try to stop me um and then the one you mentioned at the top there with the with the cluster bomb spam you know a whole bunch of of you know cr90s or what have you and that's your your anti-squad and be you know it doesn't may not be super reliable i mean 75 percent chance of doing a damage but you know, you get enough of them and, and suddenly your, your, your squadron opponent is going to be looking at that going, Oh my God. Uh, you know, I'm going to be losing. I'm just losing squadrons. Like I, I right. can do nothing about it if you want to use those squadrons. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I just mentioned like there are, so there are things that you can kind of combine with defensive retrofits, or if you don't even want to invest the points in a defensive retro, like we talked about, like you might not want to put one, you really might not want to put one on a small, like for real. You might not want to do that. Might not want so, to do that. You, you really might not. So no. what do you do? Like what are some upgrades or, or to help beef up, you know, aspects of your fleet? And so um, you've got these well-organized or wait, Semi. you've got these in categories. I mean, What's going on here? What, what are you doing? I, 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 well, you gave me too much time and I reorganized it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it, it it's clean. It, 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 it's thank you. It started off as just a brain dump, and then I I, I couldn't handle that, so I I organized it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like like the this this is this is like the non defense retrofit, defensive retrofits, right? And and these are just things you can bring to your fleet or to a ship that have defensive effects that are not uh, that don't have to use that slot. So you know if if you're looking at a ship that is not one of the ones that we've already talked about, you know there's still ways of, of making it more survivable. Uh, and, and starting at the top, you've got commanders in every faction, uh, Kraken, Agate, and Mothma, uh, Tag and Mahdi, Tag, but Tag, uh, Lumi and Obi-Wan, and Grievous are all commanders mm-hmm. that give a, uh, for the most part, fleet-wide, not Agate, but, you know, Agate is is a very, very, very special case. Um whose use hasn't seemed to have gone down very much um, hmm. yet. 
But um, but those are all things that can apply. A Kraken, for example, is EWS to every hull zone on every ship. It's great. It's amazing, right? It's Maudie, EWS Maudie, not against ships or only against ships. But yeah, only against ships. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, Maudie is is almost like RBDs everywhere. You know, the the effect drops off the smaller the hull gets. Fantastic. Um, you know, you know your your Lumis is, is almost like an ECM in the sense that I'm I'm going to get that 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 token back again to use again. Um, you know, Agate obviously is Agate. Uh, Mothman we haven't seen a whole lot of lately, but buffs up your your evades. Grievous, you can you can fling your vultures off the board and get your tokens back. Fantastic. And like like you were saying, you know, if you wanna if you wanna have this Grievous tanky boat, and I'm just gonna keep getting that brace back. I'm gonna keep spending it, throwing it away, and getting it back. Uh, you well, know, like the, with reactive the, gunner, gunnery, keep keep readying my tokens. Yeah. You know, awful. Yeah, just awful. So, and 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 again, those are for the most part fleet wide, right? Everything else we've talked about today, the defrets are ship specific. So, um, but great point. Flip side being a lot more points, and now you're building around a, a fleet wide concept. Yeah, it's your commander. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not going to bring two larges with with kraken necessarily um you know i'd want to i'd want to spread that out a bit uh like your next tier are your officers you've got you know Whalix, who lets you bring back a spent token you've got agate officer which lets you refresh a token uh lando for re-rolls nita um gives you a, a an evade instead of one of your existing tokens tua adds an offensive or a defensive retrofit to any imperial ship that can take her I think that, not the SSD, right? Because you can't add um, symbols right. to the SSD, but I think everything else. So you put two on there and there you've got um, a defret or an extra defret. Uh, Iden Versio boosts the effectiveness of evades. Uh, Addy Gallia is a, is a soft redirect. Um, Wat Tambour is, is a healer. Extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. You know, all, all people you can pop in the, in the officer seat and again, boost that ship that might not have its own defensive retrofit. <clears throat> yeah, then, I have nothing to add there. That's that's yeah. there. I mean, and these are officers you see all the time. And yeah. for for not a no good reason. Did I say that yeah. right? For yeah, for no, no, no. <laughs> for not a no good. They, they're they're all great officers. They all add additionally. They they keep you know thinking about that that shot exchange. You know, sometimes if you if you include these on top of uh, a damage reduction defensive retrofit like i talked about with watt and thermals you're not only adding one more shot or two more shots you're adding three or four shots that this ship can survive you know mm-hmm. so th- these th- these are big deals th- these officers so yeah and then you got yeah, a handful of other upgrades like like sun lore you got beast of burden and invincible which we've mentioned a few times point defense ion cannons is probably the biggest um and yeah. most talked about non-defensive retrofit defensive retrofit because of its cost and its effectiveness of letting you re-roll a dice at close range every single time you want um targeting scramblers is, is another big one for the interdictor and and then and there's there's others right but the <clears throat> excuse me the, the the point is it's even if your ship doesn't have that defensive retrofit does not mean it cannot be very tanky right and 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 te- and also tech against things like h9s or against xi7s which are going to block your, um, you know, block your tokens or degrade your tokens. You can have effects like, um, like tranquility or, or implacable or Adi Gala, you know, don't really care so much about your, um, 
your accuracies because right. it's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Well, sweet. Yeah. Well, that is defensive retrofits and um, and uh, plus in a nutshell. Um, yeah. We know we probably didn't get everything, but no. and, and like like Armchair mentioned earlier, like please jump on the discords. Um, let us know if we missed something or if there's some interaction that you guys have seen that uh, is really, really cool. You know, some kind of defensive retro jank that we haven't thought of. Um, but there's such a big part of the game and uh, it's important to kind of know what you're getting into and kind of get these things categorized and understood uh, mm-hmm. so that, you know, you can mm-hmm. be as defensive as possible, you know? With, with within reads, I mean, you gotta you gotta balance your points, right. man. You can't make something so so tanky that it hits like a wet towel. <laughs> Just sink a hundred points and straight defensive upgrades into a yeah. CR ninety. There you go. <laughs> One hundred and forty point CR ninety. Anyways, um, armchair, you know what time it is? What time is it, Fox? It's time for hot take thirty. Do it. nice all right uh fox mr omega Mm -hmm. your hot take is as follows Mm -hmm. um spiders you may have heard of them before Uh, spiders get spiders get a bad reputation uh so why why are people's a lot of people's fears so tied up in spiders? You know what I mean? Like, why is that? Mm-hmm. Like in Lord of the Rings, the, the giant spider. Like yep. in in insert other intellectual property here, it, Harry Potter. It, why is there a giant spider? You know what? There's something Star Wars. there. Star Wars. There's somehow there's a giant spider in Star Wars. So how? explain this if, if they have mm-hmm. a bad rap or or is it the movies that give them a bad rap you know like is it chicken and egg situation is it a spider and an egg situation hmm. i don't know but i'm saying it didn't happen uh for no reason you know so so are you saying they do not have a bad reputation or that they do and they deserve like what i'm what, saying they what's your, what's your point mr omega I, i'm saying <laughs> They have a reputation. Yes. What it is or is not, I am not willing to expound on. I, I see. So you're, you're taking, but it's there, option. and we need to acknowledge it. Um, I, I, I think they totally get a bad reputation. I mean, I don't. <sighs> I'm not. No, I'm not a a an arachnophiliac, Ooh. which sounds much worse now that I've said it out loud. Yeah, that was. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that word got worse as you went on. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay, everybody, take a moment. Just deal with that image in your mind. Now, let's move on. No, don't, don't, don't. Oh God, I said it again. Let it go. It's like it's like (laughs) saying Beetlejuice too many times. But no, they do. They do. They serve a purpose, a an important purpose in the you know in the world. They are, I think, ugly, yucky, creepy crawlies. But I don't judge them by their appearance. I judge Mm. them by their acts. Mm-hmm. And I, I value them for their um, contributions to our world. We, we actually have a, a little spider capture and release stick oh. that we use religiously in our house. Uh, it's a stick? From, 
uh, well, sort of. It's like a stick with a little box on the end. Do you guys have? You guys don't have Lee Valley tools down there, do you? Um, no. In, no. In, in in maybe it's just a Canadian thing. Lee Valley Tools sells these things, and they're like this little plastic stick, and they break down. And on the end is like almost like a pyramid with a with a door on the bottom. And so you open the door and you put it down on the ground, so the pyramid covers the spider, and then you gently close the door, and the spider crawls onto the door. And then it's it's contained within this little stick, and you can walk it outside and open the door up and toss it out into the void and, and let it fend for itself in the cold, really dark wide world <laughs> yeah, yeah. so i mean i we you know i i can't speak to the spider bad luck aspects of things um but i do prefer the catch and release also um there's a book called spinderella which is my, my one of my son's favorites which is about a, a spider learning to count and it is super cute and it has a, a hairy godmother which is like a big hairy spider as the godmother in the story and it's oh. anyway spin spinderella plug for the book if you have kids check it out <laughs> spiders okay in my book please spiders, forget what i said earlier spiders are we we keep them like we keep them around like they do they do important things you know but yeah. also um they can be uh scary as all get out so you know just kind of well, life is I mean, about balance life is about so, balance. so can texan burger slingers so, so you know i mean let's, let's right. think about how we portray things yes no you're right so um anyways all right, so mm-hmm. armchair, I have yeah. a hot take for you, sir. Bring it. Turkey is at most mm-hmm. third on the list of most delicious birds. How do you feel about this? Third. Yeah. Um. No higher, no higher than third place. Uh, no, it's not. It's not that. It's, it's the okay. Well, what what other <laughs> what other birds do I? eat like i uh-huh. chicken and then that's number one eat turkey which is number three number three <laughs> um and what's then, number two <laughs> i suppose no no i suppose i've had our ostriches birds i've had ostrich they that is a bird yes is it yes. okay i wasn't sure if it was a bird or, or like some sort of weird like a giant bird. lizard i don't know what those are they're just weird <laughs> uh, i mean no offense to the ostriches in the audience but the ostrich weird. community yeah um like, are we talking like, I don't know. I, I I guess I have to agree because in my world, the first two are chicken. Mm-hmm. And it's like chicken that I make at home or chicken that I eat in a restaurant. Right. But um, uh, turkey, turkey isn't my favorite. I, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a big turkey man. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm more of a, you know, so I, I, I have to agree with that. Turkey. Yeah. Is that I, I like the stuff that comes, like, like stuffing, stuffing. I will eat the, I will eat the ever loving everything out of stuffing, but I, yeah. I don't like turkey. So. Yeah, it's turkey. It's just so easy to mess up. I feel like, like it's especially if you like at Thanksgiving, like it's easy to yeah. for somebody to just get it's too dry or whatever. Yes. Drop um, it frozen into the bottle and barrel of oil and see what happens. <laughs> I love watching those videos. <laughs> I saw someone had set it up in like their apartment and was like ready for oh, first Thanksgiving right. at college. That's... And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> are they alive? Um... No, no. No, but like I've done, so I'm conflicted because I've gone dove hunting, I've gone quail hunting and I've had dove and quail, but it was wrapped in bacon when I had it. So it's like, do I like bacon or do I like dove? I like asparagus when it's wrapped in bacon. So do you like asparagus or do you like bacon? I like bacon and I like asparagus if it's wrapped in bacon. Yeah, I think that's what or, it comes down to. Or smothered is my, some other flavor. My second favorite bird is bacon. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
Oh, duck. Chicken. What am I? What a, duck oh, is duck. another bird. Duck is I a bird. Friend, like a turducken just popped in my head. I'm like, oh, there's the, there's another bird that I've also wouldn't. I don't think I've ever eaten. I don't think I've ever had duck, but yeah. sad to say, I hear it's really good. Um, yeah, there's I mean, a lot I of think, dishes. Honestly, I think anything can be good if it's done well, right? I mean, if it's wrapped in bacon and wrapped and or wrapped in bacon, but like <laughs> you know, I'm I've I've had tasty Brussels sprouts, which I never thought yeah. I would ever say, but uh-huh. um, you know, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I think turkey is is very. You know, it's very prevalent, especially in the holidays, uh, in in Western civilization, and in it, that means that we've had we've been exposed to a lot of different, better or worse preparations of it, and so, mm. um, you know, but I think I I, I believe that a, a you know a well done turkey is as good or better as a well done chicken. Um, may not be oh, my particular man. cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, you could be right. Maybe there's a little turkey inside of all of us, you know? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Killer right. not being here. <laughs> Killer's a turkey. You're a turkey. I want you to hear this as you edit it. Yes. You are a turkey, <laughs> Killorn. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll get him a new meme. Who knows? Anywho. <laughs> Anyways, turny shout outs. You want to take this armchair? I will take this. Um, so I would have mentioned this earlier, but there's been no podcast, but I will be at a store championship in Vancouver this Sunday. So like we're recording this on Thursday, there's three more days. Um, If you happen to hear this as soon as it gets out, hopefully tomorrow morning and decide you want to come on Sunday, I would be super stoked to have you. It's the rain city store championships. Um, You can check it out on T4. Um, You can come meet your favorite uh, podcast podcast host and have some fun armada. Uh, there's also one out in your neck of the woods, Fox at, uh, uh, Dallas Fort Worth, um, at Texas toy soldier. I think it is on December 9th. That's right. So please check that out also on T4 and go and support them if you can. And then we're getting into like the, the final stretch last two months of the competitive season before worlds. And that means there's a bunch of world open qualifiers coming up, uh, especially in Europe. So we've got, uh, the German qualifier this weekend in Köln, germany uh good luck to uh all of our german listeners uh i think veers is probably going and and um you know hope you guys have have a good time and there are lots of cool stories come out of that uh the weekend after that december 9th and 10th in paris france uh bonne chance mes amis um then in on the 16th so the weekend after that in uh and please please Forgive me, our Dutch listeners, but uh, Zotermeer in the Netherlands on December 16th and 17th is the Dutch World Open Qualifier. And then everybody goes away for Christmas. And then on January 13th and 14th in Aldborg in Denmark, it'll be the Danish World Open Qualifier. Um, I I don't know. I feel like it sounds more um, exotic because I'm talking about, oh, go to this country and go to this country. But it's I guess it's not terribly different than if I went to like, you know, a world qualifier in California and in Las Vegas and in Texas and stuff, but it just sounds neat to say, Oh, go, go to Germany this week. And then France that, that week. And then Netherlands that week. And I'm sure our European listeners are like, yeah, whatever, man. It's like just a drive down the street. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Whatever. France is the size of Texas. So North I always American. keep that in mind when I think about going cross countries in is Europe it really? is it's like yeah it's so it's it'd be like driving from here to El Paso to go to some of these like if you lived I, in like Belgium or something like that 
So, so it's 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 the second biggest place in the world. <laughs> is that is that what I'm hearing? What, I always thought that was. What are you Canada. referencing? What is this? Well, but te- Texas is, is, is the biggest. Or te- is it just the biggest state? Texas is the third biggest state. And there's all those memes going around about Texas being the biggest. <laughs> blah blah blah. <laughs> It's true. Something though. about Texas and, and, and size things. I don't know. I'm also one other shout out. So I, I'm also mm. running the um, Texas Open Series Championship this weekend. We oh. uh, the Texas Open Series was held. It happens throughout the year. There were uh, four major tournaments: um, the Texas Open, Texas Open Online, the Lone Star Open, and Warzone. And the ten the the nine individuals who had the highest tournament points from their top two scores from those tournaments. Plus uh, Jason Healy, who was third place at worlds this year. He won last year. It's a 10 person tournament, three rounds of Swiss happening this weekend. Yours truly is the TO. We will be streaming it on Mercury fleet command. Um, So it's on YouTube. So a lot of super competitive armada. Um, That's cool. That's an um, invitational tourney. That's cool. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's got an invite because we we explained to AMG kind of the pedigree of talent that's going to be there, and uh, they allowed a ten person tournament to have a a store championship invite. Oh, so, so this is actually an SC as well. Cool. It is, yeah. And but what's crazy is six out of the well, ten people attending already say. have invites. <laughs> so someone is playing for seventh place. This one, then yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's the highest chance for a lot of these guys to if they haven't gotten it already to get one. So it's super exciting, you know, getting getting the crown, the Texas Championship crown, but also competing for the 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 uh, the championship invite. Like it's it's going to be awesome. So we're we're super excited. Cool. Um, I did not qualify because I didn't attend two tournaments this year. So oh. yeah, well, you know, it's, I barely I barely recorded two podcasts. So right. Um, is is Clorn invited or, or no? Clorn is is going to be there, but he already has an invite. Is, He's one of those six. Okay, so. okay, but but at least at least we're, we the podcast will be represented somehow. That's right uh, mm-hmm. in the competitive portion of it. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. Well, cool. Yeah. Good luck, everybody, at the the championship series in Texas. Good luck, everybody, at PAX U. Oh yeah, this coming weekend as well in Philadelphia. That's the next North American World Open qualifier. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. I think I think, uh, I think I think I think we spatchcocked this episode. <laughs> Did you write that down to use at the end of the episode? <laughs> Fantastic. Well, uh, I guess it's tradition now for me to play this so that um, we can go. I don't know. Fly casual. Do it. Thank you for listening to the Armada Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, keep up with the show on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter at Armada Podcast. Join us on Discord with the link in the show notes. Until next time.